Welcome back to Well That's Interesting. The There's All Sorts of Ways to Get Fucked Up edition. <laughs> Today, today's episode 124, Wolves with a Mind-Altering Parasite and Tainted Spinach Causes Hallucinations. See, I told you. Today, today, my friends, is all about creatures and their unintentional altered states. Whoops, here's what I mean. In the first half of the show, we're going to cover a story that you may have briefly heard about over the socials of the medias, a common parasite which completes its life cycle in our house cat friends and other felines has made its way into Yellowstone's wolves. A study over two decades in the making has finally been published, and boy, howdy. Turns out that little parasite has one hell of a way of tampering with an accidental host, like making you take poorly calculated risks that make you get killed real fast, just as the parasite intends. We'll get into that. Then after the break, it's us humans. We love getting fucked up, but on our own terms. Imagine making yourself a salad or a sandwich with some leafy greens because you're trying to do the right thing and be all healthy. But the next thing you know, you're having terrifying hallucinations. Well, for a bunch of folks in Australia, that was a thing. And how and why, well, we're gonna get into that too. In the meantime, I'm Jill Chacha, and if this is your first time listening, welcome to the Flock Business Goose. You're not hallucinating, this is a real show. <laughs> and, and I advise you to buckle the fuck up. And let's head on over to Yellowstone National Park. Now, a few fun facts about Yellowstone. Uh, one, this is not the first time we've brought up this 3,500 square mile behemoth. We actually rang in the new year with episode 118, which focused on the natural feature which has killed or injured more people than any other natural feature in this park. That, of course, being hot springs. Yes, you heard me. Pools of fucking water. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about and can't believe a puddle can take you down, oh girl, you need to pause this and listen to that first. Then you'll be aptly prepared in knowing that this place is full of fucking surprises. Which leads us to point two. Although four million people visit the park every year, a fucking whopping 98% of the park is underdeveloped and managed as wilderness. So watch your step. And not so fun fact number three, Gray wolves call the northern area of what's now a park home. They called it home for eons until the early 1900s. And one big guess as to why. That's right, it was us. Now, humans made up for their stupidity and reintroduced the wolf in the mid-1990s. And ever since, biologists have captured and radio-collared 12 to 20 wolves each year to help us understand wolf movement and ecology. Now, thanks to this, we know they are still drawn to the northern areas, whose lower elevations make it easier for grass and plants and shit like that to grow. It's the perfect buffet for elk and bison and mule deer, all of which is the perfect buffet for our canine friend, the gray wolf. And, and another intimidating predator, our feline friend, the cougar. Haha. Now, although the park is truly fucking massive. These two species share this location and their territories overlap. This fun fact got biologists Connor Mayer and Kyra Cassidy of the Yellowstone Wolf Project, well, it got them to thinking and thinking about a little fella called Taxoplasma gondii. Now, 
Gandhi is not to be confused with Gandhi and his resistance to colonialism through non-violent disobedience. This is taxoplasma. And it's probable if you're a cat owner or a cat lover, you're probably familiar with it. Um, this single cell parasite can infect any, any warm-blooded species, you or me, for example, all caps, but, but it can only sexually reproduce and complete its life cycle inside a cat. So talk about a fucking specific kink. <laughs> Luckily for Toxo, it could be any cat. It could be your friend's house cat to wild big cats. It all, it doesn't matter. It just has to be inside a cat. So turns out this parasite, this single cell, has a way of manipulating its mammalian non-cat host into making absolutely dangerous decisions that can get it killed. Hopefully, for the parasite, killed by a cat. Or at least manipulate its accidental host into making decisions that lead to a death near a cat. So the carcass can be eaten by one. Now, I know what you're thinking. How in the hell do we know this? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. We know... Through observation, my dear flock, rodents and even birds infected with good old toxo give no fucks about the scent of pee, cat pee that is, which they would usually avoid and book it in the other direction if picked up. These infected animals instead make a beeline to the nearest cat, often confusing the hell out of, the hell out of said cat. <laughs> if you've ever seen a TikTok or an Instagram of like a mouse aggressively wanting to snuggle or approach a cat, and the cat is like, what the fuck is happening here? That mouse is probably all fucked up on Toxo. Now, this deadly behavior doesn't stop with prey animals. Infected goddamn chimpanzees have an increased risk of fighting with a leopard. <laughs> Overall, a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. Now, a study by Gehring et al., published in 2021, found that, quote, toxoplasmosis was associated with, um, I could read, I got this, here we go. Quote, toxoplasmosis was associated with increased boldness in hyena cubs, and that seropositive hyenas of all ages were more likely to be killed by African lions. End quote. So, there's a pattern here, but I know what you may be asking. I have a cat, or my friend has a cat, and we all hang all the time. Why haven't, why, how come I haven't stripped naked and run through a local zoo covered in barbecue sauce? Well, what you do on your own time is your own business, but odds are <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> if you're infected with Toxo, um, in the vast, vast majority of human cases, we're asymptomatic. On occasion, we'll hear a story that makes the news where it's become fatal, but it's extremely rare. Uh, there are several studies that have linked infected humans with a higher risk of schizophrenia, uh, but other factors have to be in play for this to occur. So, in any case, we're relatively safe. <laughs> so, moving on. Now, researchers have an idea about how this behavior occurs in non-cat hosts. Now, from our source study for this episode called Parasitic Infection Increases Risk-Taking in Social Intermediate Host Carnivore. Oh, my. Quote, once an intermediate host is exposed, the infection spreads from the intestinal lining to form cysts in the brain 
and muscle tissue. Immunocompetent individuals generally exhibit no clinical symptoms, but will have chronic lifetime infections due to the presence of cysts. That's a, I gotta say, that's a sh that sounds like a shitty game show prize for sure. <laughs> anyway, continuing the quote, experimental studies have shown that chronic infections, even in healthy individuals, can lead to increased dopamine and testosterone production. These hormone changes can cause increased aggression and risk-taking behavior, such as increased hyperactive movement, failure to avoid olfactory predator cues, uh, like that cat pee, and decreased neophobia, end quote. Put a pin in that. But as you can tell, my friends, cysts in the brain, dramatic fluxes in certain hormones, all lead to bold, daring, dangerous, or even stupid decision-making. Take your pick. Now, before we move on to how this impacts our wolf friends, I bet you want to know what the fuck neophobia is. And boy, howdy, I wanted to know, and I looked it up, and it's, it's the best word you're going to learn all year. <laughs> neophobia is the fear of anything new. Yeah, I know. Take it in. Quote, in its milder form, it can manifest as the unwillingness to try new things or break from routine. In the context of children, the term is generally used to indicate a tendency to reject unknown or novel foods. End quote. From the wiki. So, I think we can all relate to neophobia on some level in these ever-fucking-dramatic times. <laughs> Sometimes it's just nice when shit just does not happen. It does not change. But, anyway, in the case of animals, wild animals, like the wild gray wolves of Yellowstone, to be specific, it was asked, how in the hell does Toxo affect them? As we brought up, they share territory with cougars, and as we've seen, you don't have to be a prey animal to get infected. Wow, my friends, hold on to your butts. Connor Mayer and Kyra Cassidy of the Yellowstone Wolf Project, remember them? Well, they scoured through 26 years of wolf behavioral data, which included all that tracking info and blood analysis of 229 wolves. And the stats are fucking bonkers. Quote, infected wolves were 11 times more likely to disperse from their pack into new territory. Infected males had a 50% probability of leaving their pack within six months, compared with a more typical 21 months for the uninfected. Similarly, infected, it's a hard word, similarly, <laughs> infected females had a 25% chance of leaving their pack within 30 months, compared with 48 months for those who weren't infected. End quote from Michelle Starr of ScienceAlert.com. Now, needless to say, leaving your pack early has consequences, like dying in the unforgiven wilderness of Yellowstone. And or, get this, taking some of the pack with you, risking their lives as well. Insanely enough, having Toxo made wolves 46 times more likely I'll say that again, 46 times more likely to be a pack leader, thanks to an increase of aggression. Now for humans, that may sound fucking great. We think this means being star of the show. But this is the wild, my friends, and these wolves aren't being driven by instinct, but by the parasite that wants to end up in a cat. Infected leaders bring non-infected wolves, that, I'll just, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> Infected leaders bring non-infected non wolves into risky situations that don't truly have a major payoff for the pack. 
For example, the wolf leader may pick up the scent of a cougar pee, and instead of avoiding the area, they just stroll deeper into cat town, leading others into spots covered with infected cat poop, and subsequently they get infected. And the pack increases their chances of interacting with cougars as well. It's fucking dangerous. And it's fucked up for a number of reasons, especially since this creates what researchers call a feedback loop. Quote, if the pack leader seeks out the scent of cougar pee as they boldly push into new territory, they could face greater exposure to the parasite, thus a greater rate of T. gondii infection throughout the wolf population. It's compelling evidence that tiny, understudied agents have, can have a huge influence on ecosystem dynamics, end quote, from the study. Hell, this parasite can even be affecting the minds of young pups in another way, because they're watching and learning how to behave and how to hunt, all from their pack leader, who, by the way, is also their parent. Only pack leaders can breed. So these, infective, these infected wolves are passing on dangerous skill sets. So, once again, my friends, Yellowstone is revealing many, many surprises, from parasites to puddles. Oof. This place makes you rethink who or what is in charge. After the break, <laughs> spinach, fucking spinach. Now, let's just say if Popeye shotgunned a few bags of the stuff we're about to cover, it would be a totally different and terrifying show, and I really hope it gets a reboot after this. <laughs> Stay tuned. And we're back. We are so back. And my friends, oh boy, you know you had a bad day if you see a dead relative crawling up your leg. That's right. Back, back in mid-December of 2022, more than 100 people from New South Wales, Australia, reported experiencing chaotic symptoms. Yeah. And more than half were so terrified of what they were seeing and feeling, at least 54 sought medical help. I'm talking delirium, confusion, hallucinations, dilated pupils, rapid heartbeat, a flushed face, blurred vision, dry mouth and skin, a fever. These were just some of what was reported. And the sudden influx of patients and their similarities quickly gained the attention of NSW Health and NSW Food Authority, who sprung into action like absurdly muscular kangaroos and actually found a link. Every one of these folks, every one of them, had eaten baby spinach. Specifically, and I mean fucking specifically, Riviera Farms branded baby spinach which was sold through Costco and Woolworths in 350 gram and one kilogram containers with a use-by date of December 16th through December 28th. And yes, I am just as shocked as you that Woolworths is still around. But seriously, news stations and newspapers like the Sydney Morning, Her Morning Herald made it clear, if you have this spinach in your home, burn it, throw it away, get rid of it by all fucking means other than consuming it. Quote, they're unable to see properly. They're confused. They're having hallucinations. Darren Roberts, medical director of New South Wales's Poison Information Center, said of the victims in an interview on local television. Continuing his quote, and we're talking about scary hallucinations. It's nothing that's fun. <laughs> no one has died, so we're very happy with that, and we hope it remains that way. But these people are quite sick. End quote. So, what in the holy hell is going on here, you may be asking. Good question. 
The products uh, producer, Riviera Farms, said in a statement, quote, it appears these products, which were grown on a farm in Victoria and shipped to stores in NSW, have been contaminated with a weed, which can uh, have health consequences if consumed. Samples have been sent to the laboratories for testing, end quote. Well, I know what your next question is. What fucking weed are we talking about here? (laughs) As I take notes, what weed can possibly make spinach hallucinogenic? Well, that is a great question, and hold on your butts, folks. My God, are you holding both cheeks? Fantastic. Great. Thank you. The health department of the state of Victoria said the symptoms suggest anti- Oh boy, I should have prepared. I should have read this word many more times than I did. (laughs) All right, the symptoms suggest anticholinergic, anticholin, not anticholin, that's terrible, anticholinergic syndrome. Anyway, it's a type of poisoning caused by plants like nightshade, jimson weed, and mandrake root. All right, put a pin in that. Yan Zhuang of the New York Times reports these anticholinergic plants, nailed it, (laughs) all right, inhibit the action of a brain chemical. And it's a super important brain chemical called acetylcholine, which is linked to memory, thinking, and the visual system. Get this, acetylcholine can also be inhibited naturally and it's linked to Alzheimer's and some types of dementia and other neurodegenerative diseases. So my friends, As you can tell, these folks ate some spinach and then experienced a brief hellscape. Yeah, let's talk about their hallucinations for a minute. Hallucinations can be caused by a suppression or a loss of acetylcholine, and these types of visions are called formed hallucinations. They are concrete and recognizable visions, usually taking the form of people, objects, and landscapes. This is very different from unformed hallucinations, Uh, when you might see shapes, patterns, and colors, and things like that. Uh, Dominic Finch, I feel like it's Finch, Dominic Fitch, a professor of visual psychiatry at King's College London, told the New York Times, hallucinations caused by a lack of acetylcholine are linked to the memory system, so they tend to involve people the sufferer knows or recognizes. Yeah. I'll say that again. What they're seeing are people that they know who are not there. Uh, Continuing his quote, it could be deceased relatives or people that are vaguely familiar to them in some way. Those experiencing more extreme symptoms can can have difficulty determining what is real. End quote. Yeah. Holy shit, am I right? Well, I'm happy to report all those tainted bags of spinach were quickly recalled and by December 21st, laboratory results confirmed. Yeah, boy howdy, it was a weed. Drum roll please. From rivierafarms.com.au, quote, Together with Vic Health experts, we have confirmed that the spinach was contaminated with a weed called thornapple, also known as jimson weed. As a precautionary measure, neighboring crops of spinach are in the process of being destroyed. End quote. So, my friends, <laughs> the culprit was the thornapple, a.k.a. jimson weed, a.k.a. the devil's snare, a.k.a. the devil's trumpet. All incredible fucking names, which are surprisingly accurate in ways of describing what this weed looks like. Um, I'll have some photos on our social media stuff, so please 
come on by, take a look. Uh, as you can see, uh, it's got like broad green leaves, maybe the width of your palm. But along the edges of these leaves are just points. And points, my friend, are a common theme with this fucking plant, let me tell you. Um, it bears a fruit that resembles a thorny apple. But that's more on the smaller side. I'd say it looks like a thorny kiwi. It's just covered in spikes. And the flower, though, the flower is bright white, and it's totally the shape of what looks like the opening of a trumpet. Um, I guess in this case, a trumpet, a trumpet uh, summoning Satan, which is so much fun. So if this sounds generally insane and you can't put it together, I, I understand. Please give it a Google <laughs> or come on by our Twitter or Instagram and you'll find yourself saying, oh, yeah, yeah, that does look like Satan's trumpet. I get it now. It's all coming together. So <laughs> if you happen to see this weed, please do not make a fucking salad with it. Uh, you might just see grandma, your dead grandma, naked in a corner. Uh, but if that's your thing, you know, what you do with your own time is your own time. And on that note, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends that you saw your dead grandma naked in a corner. Um, and, and why? <laughs> it's because you listen to this show. So <laughs> anyway, please stay interesting.